You're listening to Shaping Narratives, a collection of voices from West Michigan's communities of color. Brought to you by WGVU, NPR, and PBS in West Michigan, in the partnership with the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. The voice of today's episode is Alice Lynn, host of WGVU's Color Out Here, a show reshaping outdoor narratives for people of color. Raised in Brooklyn, New York, and educated in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, Alice talks to national experts about how people of color can safely and creatively enjoy the outdoors. Jay Golding is passionate about facilitating growth in three things, people, community, and leadership. In his roles with Children in Nature Network and Fresh Track, he trains, mentors, and supports a national network of over 330 leaders who are changing systems and creating equitable access to nature in their communities. His essay, Why I Wear Jordans in the Great Outdoors, has been published and featured in culturally relevant outdoor curriculum across the country. He is an eager facilitator, writer, photographer, and lover of sharing and amplifying stories. Thanks so much for joining us today, CJ. How are you? I'm doing well, and uh, excited to be talking with you. Yeah, awesome. Um, so I guess just with the majority of the U.S. sheltering in place right now, uh, more people are spending time outside. Uh, and it's not uncommon for people to think of outdoor recreation in the context of activities like camping or climbing or kayaking, uh, but a lot of those are restricted to the general public right now. So do you feel like just with the era of COVID and kind of quarantine and people just feeling restless, do you feel like any of that in these current circumstances are shifting how we experience the outdoors um, or, you know, how it might be expanding how we define outdoor recreation? Yeah, so I definitely think it's shifting how we experience the outdoors. Uh, I think with the time that most of us now have at home, we're realizing both the need for connection to nature um, and feeling the inequities of who's actually able to connect uh, and connect safely. I also think it's changing just the different ways that we think of connecting to the outdoors or outdoor recreation, uh, where people are looking for opportunities that are closer to home. People are taking more walks around their community. People are spending more time in their backyards or front yards, no matter how big or small they might be. People are uh, looking at gardening and and other things like that as ways of connecting to nature. Uh, My mom works at Lowe's, and she said that all their planters are sold out, all their, like, plants are sold out and things like that, Uh, just showing that people are looking for ways to connect to nature and get outside uh, during this time. So it's shifting uh, just both the idea and the framework around it and then the different ways that people uh, are connecting to nature as well. So I know that for me, spending time outdoors has been invaluable to my physical health, um, my emotional well-being, particularly during shelter in place. But it's not uncommon for people of color to carry a level of discomfort and even fear for their safety in the outdoors. Uh, As a person of color, uh, do you ever feel anxiety when you opt outside? Um, And if so, what, what do you do to mitigate that feeling? Uh, for me, yeah, that's a, that safety question is definitely a real one. Uh, whether it's uh, cases like Ahmaud Arbery uh, coming in last week, or even the fact that 35 of the 40 arrests for social distancing violations in Brooklyn over the past two months have been black people, 
um, and with little to no, no arrest in, in mainly white neighborhoods. Uh, there are enforcements, uh, consistent enforcements of the idea that the outdoors isn't a welcome or safe space, and that we, uh, as like people of color, or black people specifically, don't belong. And that's that's tough, because especially like in, in during these times where nature is, is beneficial and connecting to nature is something that everyone needs, it's, it's a stark and tough reminder of, of the society we live in and of the, the structural uh, racism that still exists behind all of these things. Uh, personally, I acknowledge that danger. Uh, I acknowledge that discomfort. And in some cases, I realize that none of it is on me. Like, none of it is stemming from me. Uh, and it, in my, is under a lot of it is not under my control. Like, I can't change how I can't necessarily or specifically change how people might might treat me or or that safety. And so, uh, I do my best to make sure I'm going out in a safe manner. Um, and then the things that I can't control, I kind of uh, leave up to, uh, I have to leave them up to chance, but I do my best to create safe spaces uh, of control, not only for myself, uh, but for the uh, folks that I might be taking outside as well. Uh, so I stay up, I, I step outside of my awareness up, uh, knowing that there might be things that other people uh, might do that may uh, affect my safety, um, and then do what I can to shift the system as much as possible so that one day that's not the case. I think one of the, for me, one of the things I think about in creating uh, safe spaces for uh, my community as they're connecting outdoors is just the idea that the more that we can, even what we can do, what I can do to change the perspective of uh, nature not being safe, even for my community. We've, a lot of folks have thought that for so long that uh, it takes some internal work for us to be able to see nature as a place that's safe. Uh, and that can be used as a platform to create community connection, um, and in some cases, brotherhood. And there are a couple of different uh, programs that I'm hoping to implement uh, once we can all congregate outside again that uh, have to do with supporting, you know, black men, brotherhood, mental health, and connection to nature, and seeing it as a space for building and a safe space, even as we're trying to shift the system that may try and uh, – see it as a dangerous place for us to be. And you mentioned brotherhood and do you feel that, you know, in addition to changing uh, the, helping to change the perception of uh, feeling unsafe in the outdoors, do you, how else can brotherhood or, or building you know, growing community for people of color contribute to say, just feeling safer outside um, beyond kind of representation, but, you know, sort of going as it going out collectively or what can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, I think it's uh, going out. I mean, going out collectively is, is going out in, in small groups helps with that as well. Um, I think not that it's, it's my, uh, responsibility to, uh, to change the minds of someone who might be, uh, who, who might have different ideas or might have like racist or wrong ideas about what it means for me to be black and outdoors. Um, but, 
the the more I think that more examples and the more we normalize that in in mainstream in the mainstream outdoor outdoor recreation world or outdoor education world, uh, the the more that helps to shift uh, those those ideas. Uh, the more that we can highlight stories of of black folks recreating in the outdoors and not only just uh, spending time outdoors now, but uh, sharing the history, the long-lasting history that we have with connecting with the earth in multiple ways, um, the more that we can shift policies and, and mindsets and mental models around how people uh, uh, connect. Uh, I think it also has to do with like the way that things are enforced and policed, and the more that we can advocate for uh, representation in in the folks who make those decisions, uh, the more that our safety in the outdoors becomes a priority um, and is, is enforced in that way. So uh, law enforcement officers aren't looking at Black people and saying, oh, there's something wrong with them being here. I have to investigate. Uh, that that base mental model shifts and, and doesn't become one where we're questioned instead of uh, just accepted for our presence outdoors. Do you see any opportunities arising from COVID that can help to advance uh, inclusion and representation in the outdoors. Um, I guess, or to put it another way, is how do you think that COVID might um, make it easier or harder moving forward to just get more um, people of color outside, more more women, um, LGBTQ, you know, all of the above, or just POC, or however you kind of want to answer that, but. How is COVID shaping this work? Yeah, I, for me, I think every every single thing happening with with COVID nineteen right now provides evidence for why things should shift, uh, and it helps make the case regarding inclusion and equity in connection to the outdoors and outdoor recreation. Uh, it, it COVID nineteen has and the stay at home orders have have emphasized the need for connection to the outdoors, the need for parks and outdoor spaces, who has access to those green spaces, uh, the way we will build cities, and how the outdoors is a health factor and benefit. So with, with all of those things, and it, it highlights all of those benefits, and then it also highlights the places where those benefits are awarded inequitably. So for me, I, I think about folks who live, I live in New Jersey, and I think about folks who live uh, right across the bridge uh, in New York City and in Washington Heights, and who live in the in the towers. And I think of like 1,200 people living on top of each other in close quarters, and how much access they have to green spaces. How much access those 1,200 people, who are mostly black and brown folks, uh, have to uh, outdoor spaces, as opposed to folks who might live in Brownsville and Brooklyn, uh, who are majority white and have uh, a higher higher access to green spaces. So I think it just highlights how imbalanced the system is and why how we need to change it. Um, no one can ignore it because this is uh, something that a lot of us are facing, um, that most of us most of us are facing and, and struggling and dealing with. And so for me, I think uh, there's a, a lot of the news talks about you know, when will we return to normal? And, and I think a lot of the uh, people of color uh, that I have talked to or follow have emphasized that we're not trying to return to normal because normal 
is just as imbalanced as this is. Uh, COVID-19 just makes it makes it a little bit more public. And so we we need to continue to press for changes in the system so that we don't return to that normal that existed before we all started staying at home, uh, which means advocating for changes in policy, uh, changes in, in representation in terms of who uh, makes those decisions from us, uh, changes in how, like I said before, changes in how we build cities so that we have more space for humans, all humans and all people to be able to connect to nature and, and supporting organizations that are making that change. Uh, like a friend of mine, Chanel Smith-Wiggum in Cleveland, who, who works with uh, the Trust for Public Land to make sure that everyone has uh, a park within 10 minutes walk of, of where they live. Um, and I think just to, and then finally is thinking about the outdoor recreation or outdoor industry, I think this emphasizes that, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on those big trips and those, uh, like I'm climbing this mountain, I'm going, I'm going kayaking on this river, and I'm going backpacking across this like wide expanse of land. Uh, and times like these highlight the importance and balance of representing urban farmers and, you know, uh, people who are doing work with with kids in cities about collecting to their local parks and balancing that representation of what it means to connect outdoors. So that's not just an emphasis on those grand expeditions, but that exploring and connecting to nature close to home uh, has its own representation as well. And uh, I guess just last, what what are you doing to, as somebody who, uh, you know, gets a lot and, and just is deeply connected to the outdoors, um, what are you doing right now to kind of fill fill your cup in that in that way? Uh, so before I was before I worked in outdoor or environmental education and outdoor recreation and things like that. I I was always outdoors, uh, and sometimes not by choice. My parents would kick us out the house and tell us not to come back uh, till 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 it got dark. Um, and that meant just a lot of time exploring uh, some of the wooded areas near my house, uh, exploring our neighborhood, uh, spending time in my grandma's backyard and at the park playing catch with my brother and and even digging in my grandmother's garden, which we definitely got in trouble for. Uh, but as we have been sheltering at home, I find it, for me, like the simplest ways to connect to outdoors are a return to those to those roots, our return to those uh, just aimless, wandering, exploring strolls through uh, wooded areas that might be close to my house, uh, spending time just sitting outside in the backyard um, and even uh, uh, and even just lying lying in the grass and feeling grounded and connected to the earth. Um, for me, those have been the things that that give me a refresh and give me uh, a breath of fresh air, both metaphorically and literally, when I've been spending a lot of time indoors on Zoom calls or watching Netflix or anything like that, it, it gives me uh, a literal reboot in uh, how my body and mind is doing. Shaping Narratives, a collection of voices from West Michigan's communities of color, is brought to you in partnership with the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, 
partner with communities where children come first. Want to hear more Shaping Narratives episodes? Download and subscribe at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe if you get a chance. It helps us to know you're listening. Shipping Nervous is produced by WGVU, PBS and NPR in West Michigan, through the facilities of the Meyer Public Broadcast Center, a service of Grand Valley State University. Matt Gruppen processed all the audio. Joe Belenke edits each episode. Vansor designed our graphics and manages our web presence. Delane is our director of content. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of WGU or Grand Valley State University.